Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hey friend, Angie Austin here with the Good News, joined by an old friend of ours, Dr. Michael Royson with the Cleveland Clinic, who has written numerous books by himself and with his uh, best buddy, Dr. Oz, on health and longevity. He's got a new book coming out, and every week he was, for many years, sharing with us all the uh, recent medical news. Welcome, Dr. Royson. Angie, it's a privilege to be with you, so thank you for uh, reconnecting. Love it. I love it. Or you have a new book coming out. So tell us about that first, and then we'll get into the latest medical news. Um, Well, the new book is The Great Age Reboot, and it focuses on the fact that there are 14 areas in aging mechanism research, why we age, that are advancing at exponential speeds and have all been shown in animal models to be able to reboot you to a younger self. So this isn't just slowing aging, which is what we've done up to now, where 60 is the 40 of 1980. Uh, We predicted that in 1998. It's come true in the latest data from the Nurses' Health Study and the Health Professionals Study. You can clearly be physiologically 40 at age 60. Now we think you're going to be able to be at age 90 be 40 so that you will actually be able to extend your most productive years, and that changes everything. So the first third of the book is on these 14 areas, such as, if you will, senolytics, the harvesting of old cells that let cells around them be younger and you function though much younger. Another one you all know is stem cells, but it's stem cells without immunogenicity. Stem cells, you need 20 to 50 million of them to repair an organ or replace a uh, diseased part. We normally, in the, in the studies, that in the, the, if you will, the, have to grow them in culture to get a large number. Why is that not practical? Because if I take yours and grow them in culture, it's very expensive. But if I can mass produce them and take away their immunogenicity so you won't attack them, if they're from someone else, then we can make them very inexpensive and grow them and and make it a practical change. That's so, what's happening now. So, so in all, uh, all of these 14 have changed in two animal species and they're now moving into human trials. That's fascinating. So a lot of this stuff is medical stuff we would have done to us. Is some of it things we can do for ourselves in term of lo- terms of longevity? Well, a lot of it is things that are relatively easy to do, but um, they require you. Almost all of these require some outside technology. Now, let me give you an example. For example, plasma donation. It turns out when you donate plasma, you actually can get paid for it. Yes. People, graduate students get paid for it. Well, that turns out 
to in now a large randomized controlled trial done in, in animals in three different species, but now in humans in two studies that shows to reverse brain aging and aging of skin. Crazy, right? Aging mm-hmm. of skin, which is easy to biopsy and see the changes in collagen and elastin, and to reverse the aging of skin, the re- aging of muscle, and the aging of pancreas. So we and and you can actually do that yourself now if you want to. In the randomized controlled trial, which is called AMBAR, A M B A R, people can Google it. If you AMBAR, if you Google the AMBAR trials, you'll see that it reversed dementia. Alzheimer's disease in a randomized, large-scale trial, a 2B3A trial that the FDA sanctioned. It was done in two centers in Spain, two in Chile, two in the United States, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And a, a second phase three trial, which would lead to, if the same results occurred, approval for use in this, um, has been, uh, is, is now underway that the FDA has um, is an FDA, if you will, sanctioned or um, approved trial to go on for approval of this technology for humans. Obviously, it isn't very expensive since we now get, since graduate students and others who donate plasma can get paid for it now. But just that donation and getting the red cells back, or if it's a small donation, just the donation without even receiving the red cells back, makes you uh, younger. That is fascinating to me. I'd actually um, talked to my son recently about this because he's 17 and said, you know, this is a way for you to give back, but also, you know, make some money during college. And so I I, I can't, it makes sense to me that it would help because you are regenerating the blood. So wouldn't you also be regenerating other things in the course of that? It does kind of make sense. Okay, what else will we learn in the book? So what what we really think you're doing is getting rid of the misfolded proteins and signaling proteins that cause problems. So you're essentially getting rid of the, um, if you will, the, the signals that turn you make you older and getting younger signals into your blood from producing new proteins um so there are 14 areas that's the first third of the book the second third is on what will happen to population and society so if you live to 115 to 130 which is what our prediction is with an 80 percent probability that's what the animals do with just one of these. And some of them may be able to be rebooted more than once, but we don't know that yet because the research is too new. In other words, you've got to wait till the animal gets old again to try and reboot them younger. And they haven't been around that long to do that a second time. But in any case, if you're going to live to 150 physiology you had when you were 40, you're going to work more than just the age 65. Right. So the finances, the finances, because you're not going to want to do nothing from 15 to 20, 15 to 50 to 70 years. So, and the finances means that if you just put away 3% of a $15 per dollar, uh, an hour income starting at age 22 and you live to 65 without touching it at 4% growth rate per year, you end up with around $250,000 
in today's money. But if you don't touch it till 95, meaning you don't retire till then, you'll end up with $1.4 million. And if you find a company that matches it, it's $2.8 million. So it does away with a lot of wealth inequality if our policymakers do this right. Further, instead of worrying about will we have enough young people because of the declining birth rate, will we have enough young people to support us old people as we retire and will Social Security and Medicare still exist? In fact, they thrive in this system because we'll pay into them while we're still working from 65 to 80 or whenever we decide we're going to retire. And that extra years plus their compounding means that um, those trust funds won't go belly up. They'll actually do very well. And it also increases federal tax revenues um, by over a trillion dollars a year. So it does away with um, worrying a lot about the deficit, assuming our uh, congressional um, and executive office holders don't increase spending. So are you hoping this all comes to fruition in a manner that will keep you going to 100 and whatever? Um, yes. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I think we will get a reboot um, and we'll have the opportunity for it, I think, with at least an 80 percent probability. So that's the second part of the book. And the third part of the book is all the things you can do now, such as donating plasma or such as doing speed of processing games or um, increasing uh, the intensity of a either weightlifting or a cardio workout for a couple minutes at the end of the workout. There, there are literally um, 34 things that have been shown in at least two studies in humans that you can do now that uh, change your rate of brain aging, that slow your rate of brain aging. And so you can do, the, the last third of the book is what to do now. Um, the middle third, and really why we wrote the book, the Great Age Reboot book, is to get people to both think about this from a policy standpoint and uh, think about it from a, uh, if you will, how they're going to uh, function um, and what they're going to do. So it's how to plan and, and how, to, how to think about it. Oh, my gosh. This is a lot of info. So that in- increasing the intensity um, at the end of the workout for a few minutes, um, that's beneficial. And I'd heard in the past, too, that those um, intervals were beneficial as well, where you're like maybe walk slow right. and run for 30 seconds, fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. Is that still considered to be beneficial? Oh, yeah, that's absolutely beneficial. And we now know why. It's because you're a genetic engineer. When you stress a muscle, whether it's by resistance training or high-intensity interval training or whatever you do to stress a muscle, you turn on a gene in that muscle that makes a small protein. So all genes do is make proteins or watch other genes. Well, when you stress a muscle, it turns on a gene that makes the small protein called a risen. So when you lift weights that are a little heavier than um, that are not easy to lift, or when you exercise at that high intensity, you secrete this arisen. It gets across the blood-brain barrier, and it turns on another gene in turn that makes brain-derived neurotrophic growth factor, which is like miracle growth for your brain. So the reason that that adding speed to either exercise or in, in brain 
testing, and I'll get back to that in a second, but why adding speed to the, the exercise increases brain power is because you're actually increasing the size of your hippocampus and your memory center. Oh, it's unbelievable to me. We only have about a minute and a half left. Any foods that we definitely should, that you'll be talking about or, you know, diet that you'll be talking about in the book? Well, the, the, the basics of food is you want to love the food you eat and have it love you back. So food should be a relationship. You, you may love French fries, but they're trying to kill you. You wouldn't marry someone who's trying to kill you every day. You shouldn't eat food that's trying to kill you. So, and, 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 and the key is, there are only uh, literally five foods to avoid. Everything else is fine. Simple sugar, added syrups, simple carbohydrates, um, red meat and processed red meat, and egg yolks. If you avoid wow. those, then everything else is great. Salmon is wonderful, um, if you will. Egg whites are wonderful. Um, you know, you can avocados are wonderful. Nuts are wonderful. Things you definitely want to have in your diet, olive oil, coffee, blueberries, those have been shown to decrease your risk of dementia as well. Oh, Dr. Royce, I'm so glad you're back. Um, very easy to find the book, The Great Age Reboot, Cracking the Longevity Code for a Younger Tomorrow. And uh, I was looking on Amazon. I know you can get it hardcover and Kindle. So um, that is wonderful news. And I'm just thrilled you're going to be back. And then a good website for people to find you and all of your books? Um, well, the the best, uh, if you go to the website that for this book, which is called uh, greatagereboot.com. Um, there also will be a surprise on September 13th there. But in addition, um, that website uh, will ha- has all of the information to get in touch with us and as well as uh, to learn more about how people can stay younger for longer. I love it. Thank you, Dr. Royson. Thank you. Castle Rock is locked in to the mighty 670 KLT Denver. ARC thrift stores have been an essential part of Colorado's economy with an economic impact of over $2.3 billion in the last 15 years. During the shutdowns due to COVID-19, ARC thrift stores distributed over 200 tons of food to people in need and distributed thousands of pounds of essential supplies to homeless shelters and child care centers. That included over 100 million pounds of recycled donations to keep them out of landfills. ARC annually provides services to more than 9,000 people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Unlike other nonprofit organizations, their outreach has never ended. Right now, ARC has three to five relief efforts per week. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports a company that gives back to its community. Decide to shop today at the ARC thrift store near you. Find the nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Hey, friend, welcome to the good news. Angie Austin here and also uh, my friend Rachel Maines, who is an entrepreneur and she is also a radio host, much like myself. She joins me weekly and this time I have the topic. Rachel, welcome. Hello, Ange. Okay, so they've been talking about this new thing uh, called quiet quitting lately and uh, it has to do with you know, younger people have been kind of getting this topic rolling. It has to do with, I guess, phoning it in is what we would have called it um, when, you know, we were younger, just kind of doing all that, you know, 
you have to do to just get by as little as you can do to get by and now they call it quite right. quitting but it's starting to get some bad pub as you can imagine people thinking wow you're just collecting a paycheck and slacking off at home as much as you can so now they're saying no 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 quiet quitting isn't really slacking off it's only doing your job duties and only working your designated hours not going over so you can have work-life balance so that's what they're saying now um, and this is something new to you you hadn't heard about this I had not. I guess where where am I? Where have I been, huh? Yeah, it's um, I guess it's not a part of my vocabulary. Quite yeah, quickly. I mean you've got a great work ethic. You're a little younger than I am. I've worked with you in a couple of different places, uh, TV and radio, and uh, I, I I came across something that reminded me a little bit of this. It's on the Daily Dot dot com, and it's uh, this guy Grant. Everdeen on TikTok and he is going viral. He's gotten, you know, a million or two million views and he's kind of sparked a debate um, because he made kind of a joke video about uh, a millennial, you know, here he is. Oh, geez, Gen Z is even younger, I guess. Says Gen Z worker jokes about retirement from corporate life after nine months on the job sparking debate. Millennials complain about the workforce while Gen Z uh, is redefining it is one of the um, subtitles. This uh, TikTok creator um, kind of did like a spoof video saying, um, you know, hey, um, after nine months in my first full time job, I'm excited to announce that I'm retiring. And then he hashtags at things like, you know, got to go and, you know, I'm exhausted and time for retirement and yeah. blah, blah, blah. OK, so. Yeah. Um, uh, dis- uh, despite the fact that I guess he's kind of joking, the sentiment rang true for uh, many viewers in the comments. One user wrote, "Ugh, I'm t- I'm two months in and I'm tired." Well, of course you are. It's called a job. My nephew calls it adulting. He's like, this adulting thing isn't very much fun. But you know, I worked full time all through high school and college. So when I actually got like a job, I actually thought it was easier than working full time in high school and college. Right. That's crazy. I wonder if, um, you know, I don't have kids. I just wonder, what are they doing in the educational system? I, I think sometimes um, in school they're being taught, you know, when you, everybody gets an award for just, you know, trying or coming to class, and they're trying to appease everybody, then maybe you, they get out of school and they just don't understand um, the worth ethic that we used to have. Well, and I think it's a parents, like our kids, like son, okay, Saturday, they all kind of goofed off. My one son, he walks like 35 miles a week doing this Pokemon Go thing. My daughter did a fun basketball tournament just for like a kid's birthday party. And then my other daughter, I went with her, it was like a marathon picnic, birthday party, shopping for homecoming dresses, going bowling at like, you know, midnight. So it was like, I was exhausted from that day because I was invited yeah. along with the with the other moms. So Sunday was plant aspen trees, um, clean every drawer in the kitchen, clean out all of the cupboards in the kitchen, clean the pantry, clean the bathrooms, you know, like the not fun stuff. And so my husband right. and I joke that while they're doing this, they will sometimes disappear. Like all of a sudden you don't know where they are and then you search around and you find them like on a chair in the corner of the living room watching TikTok videos, maybe watching this lazy Gen Z kid retiring from his job of nine months. But, and it was funny too, because my mom also disappeared. Um, I heard my husband yell down, Gran, are you done with your cupboard? And then he's like, I got a drawer for you. Are you done? And then she yells back, 
kind of, sort of, I was going to kind of, sort of be done. He's like, well, I got another drawer for you. And I, I set a chair up and a glass of water by the drawer. So you're all set. So he drags my mom back up to go through the junk drawer, you know. But everybody was right. working, you know, at the same time. And, you know, you're not stepping on each other because you each have your little section of the kitchen. So um, right. he also said, new thing if your room isn't clean, then um, you lose your phone until it's clean. And so that's okay, definitely great. a get up and go. Like they And they also have jobs every night and they rotate. It's like cleaning the kitchen and then the other one might have like trash and, you know, the cat box and water mom's plants or whatever. So they rotate and every night they're supposed to remember like their jobs. That was this new thing too that we're not reminding you anymore and saying like, oh, check the calendar to do your job. He's like, I just take your phone until you do your job. You know, you lose it right. if I wake up the next morning and you haven't done your job. And the phone seems to be a big incentive to get them to work. But I don't. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I think it has a lot to do with parents having high expectations yeah. of their children. And sometimes they'll right. like throw their bodies on the ground and cry. I mean, not quite as much anymore because they're teenagers, but they don't like to do hard work. And so we make them do it. Right. Because I think hard work is just a habit you can get into. So, and, and it also says in the Bible, um, train up in the cha- uh, train up the way a child should go. Yes. So um, I think you know some things. Yeah, they're they're not exciting to start. At least in our brain, we think, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. But once we get into it, like exercising, then we realize, oh, I feel good and I'm excited to work out. So or, I think that um, and like a lot you, of stuff you'll send me like it. something you've worked on that you're proud of that you actually have like you'll send me like a commercial you've done or something to promote someone or a website and you'll say hey check out my most recent blah 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 or you'll say what do you think of mu- this music or do you like this more or what what do you like best about this like you want feedback because you're proud of your work that you that you feel right. a sense of like accomplishment. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. It's good. It's. I, you know, there have been things where I have put it off, you know, even like a love like guitar and then I'll put it off and then dread it. But then when I get back into it, I'm like, yeah, why why did I ever put this down? So I think it's just a habit we can get into. But I'm sad that now the generation is thinking that, you know, they don't want to work. I just wonder about our future society, how that's going to go if we have a whole generation of folks who, who just don't want to work. Well, it's interesting is my friend Jim Stovall, who's written over 50 books. He's blind and uh, eight of those books have been made into movies and he runs a television network. He um, wow. he wrote a column recently um, similar to this, but he said, you know, people are trying to go for the four day work week. But how about working while you are at work? And he said that they did um, the research shows that uh, and an 8.8 hour workday, so let's just say nine hours, you know, and your lunch is in there, I guess. He said the average person does just under three hours of work in that time. Wow. So why yeah. not, if you're going to do it, like do a good job. I remember interviewing this um, this uh, janitor once, and he uh, is a janitor in Texas, and he now has mentored like tens of, you know, um, I don't know, hundreds probably at this point in his 25, 30 uh, year career. He mentors kids now 
that don't have dads or that are from troubled families or that are headed towards jail. And he says on Father's Day, he gets so many calls and cards. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. And once these kids know you love them, they, then they buy in. Then they're in like 100%. Right. And so he right. said, if you sit on my toilet that I've cleaned, it's going to be the cleanest toilet you've ever sat on. Because my dad told me, if you're going to do a job, you better do it right. And so right. that's the other part of his job, right? But now he's kind of a counselor slash and a janitor. Um, I want to read you a couple more of these um, comments. These uh, from this uh, under this guy's video of him retiring nine months into the workforce. Um, the one wrote, you know, I'm two months in and I'm tired. Uh, another added, I lasted eight months in a full time job before I was done. All caps. Nine months? Question mark. You made it nine months. I barely made it six. A third person shared. <laughs> oh no. Another said, "Quote: I just need a high paying job so I can work like three more years and just buy some land and live in the woods." Actually, my husband jokes around about living in the woods after you know managing his employees. It's kind of funny. Uh, "Quote: Literally, me worked corporate for four years and now I am retired at twenty six. Uh, another one says, say what you will wow. about Gen Z, but Gen Z, they're the best. They aren't here for anything that doesn't complement their happiness. See, that's the problem. I think somehow we got in our society the idea that the point of life is just to be happy. Yes. Um, and certainly, yeah, we yeah, it's nice to enjoy our life, but a lot of things make us very unhappy that are actually good for us, like exercise and, um, you know, like uh, having a good worth ethic is actually when you realize you have a good work ethic, it's something to be proud of. Like, you know, I put my all into that. You know, my my husband is the only person at his company now. There's and there's there's three you know founders. Um, he's the only one that goes to work um, every day of the work week now, and that's been that way for some time. And when I get a little bummed about how hard he works and others don't work as hard. I think of, um, you know, in the Bible, it says something to the effect of, you know, work as though you're working for the Lord in heaven rather than man on earth. And then I compliment my husband for doing, you know, what's right, regardless of what's going on around him. He's not like trying to get even or, you know, slack off to feel like he's equal to the others. All right. Um, We're out of time for this segment. Uh, Give me your website so people can find you and your radio show and your uh, business. They can go to rachelmains.com, rachelmains.com. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks, Ange. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.